This is a show about content marketing for established course creators. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation. How to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience. And get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends. We are back with another episode in our Shiny Happy Tactics series. And this one's kind of the opposite of a shiny happy tactic because to my knowledge, there are no online gurus out there telling you to just try a bunch of content and hope it works. They usually have some sort of framework or plan and it might actually involve a lot of that like kind of fake testing, like just take a stab in the dark kind of stuff, but they're not going to call it that. The reality is that is what some people are teaching and that's what we're going to poke holes in today. We are going to talk about the alternative to as I not so affectionately call it, throwing content spaghetti on the wall and hoping it sticks. And the alternative to that is strategic content planning. So with that said, I'm going to pull in a quote from one of the latest and greatest, not so much latest, but definitely greatest. Uh, Anyway, Sun Tzu, he said, tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. And I love that quote. I love it for multiple reasons. We're not like in war here, although I don't know, content warfare is a real thing. So maybe we are, but he uses the word noise. And that is a real word that we need to contend with in this day and age because the world out there is incredibly noisy. And before your people even have a chance to see a piece of your content, they are having to scroll by a lot of crud out there. They're also probably scrolling by some good stuff too. So how are you going to stand out from that noise, the sea of sameness, shall we say? We're going to be talking about that because content strategy is often misunderstood as a plan for writing content. And content creation is one of its many jobs, but its primary job, however, is designing how content will be created and why it exists in the first place. I'm going to stand on my soapbox here and tell you that spraying and praying is not a strategy. It's not even a tactic. (laughs) That term, by the way, comes from way back in my photography days. Back when I was a newbie, and this is right around the time that film was transitioning to digital in a big way, there were some, shall we say, older and more established and mature people who were a little bit uppity and saying that all newbies were just spraying and praying. You know, if you weren't having to factor in film as a per frame, you know, cost, and you could just keep clicking with digital photography, you were taking a bunch of photos and hoping one of them was good. You were spraying the photos around and praying one of them was good enough. And it's a really good analogy for content because I think a lot of people are doing that. They have a general idea of what might work. That's like pointing your camera in the right direction. And they're just spraying a bunch of things out there and hoping that one of them lands and really drives their message home to their people. It's the same thing as talking about throwing content spaghetti on the wall and hoping it sticks. That is not the strategy we're talking about. Strategic planning moves far beyond that. So we're going to talk a little bit about what makes up strategic content planning today. So that might have been the longest intro ever, but I think it gets the point across and why this is so important to me and why whether you're a multi-six-figure course creator or you're you know, a visionary CEO kind of business that leads cohort-based programs, why it matters to you too. So let's dive first in what is content strategy? Content strategy is an overarching plan in which you use content, that is audio, visuals, or written, to achieve your business and marketing goals. And that was a bit mumbo jumbo-y, you know, a little jargony for my taste. So let's just rephrase it and say it's the whole shebang when it comes to planning, creating, distributing, and measuring all your content, whether that's online or off, by the way. 
It is the contrast to the spray and pray content marketing that we were talking about earlier. So I'm not talking about throwing some random blog posts or social media updates out into the void. No, no, no. The key is having a clear plan and specific goals you want to achieve. We're going to talk about how to create one next, because a well-crafted and usable content strategy can help businesses that launch identify the type of content that best fits their audience needs at various stages of the buyer's journey, whether they're launching or not, whether the people are considering them or not yet. We're going to talk about how it creates awareness around the brand or the course and how it can increase conversions even when you're not launching. And obviously, along the whole way, we're going to nurture and build trust among clients. So I'm going to say something that's got some like, you know, good quality SAT words in here, but ideation to execution sounds really fancy. And that is what we're talking about. Getting to the quote unquote execution with each stage of digital marketing means embracing strategy as an elevated and higher level activity that you have to do sometimes. It goes beyond a single plan to encompass all the aspects of your content creation, publishing, and promotion. Strategic content is like the like the secret sauce that brings together all your content marketing efforts. It gives them clear purpose and direction. Think of it as your trusty arm that carries your message to your best client. And maybe it's a very skilled arm because it's got a lot of precision and impact. Far more athletic than me, probably, right? And the reason this matters so much is because I want you to remember, you may have a launch event with the most epic training and the best written email sequences. And there's still a large segment of your audience that was not ready to buy. Your strategic content is going to nurture them until they're ready next time or until they decide to leave your world. That is the point of evergreen content and it is the point of you spending time developing this content. So I did tease at the beginning that we were going to talk about the things you need to know before you even start to create content because foundational brandscaping shapes everything. Before you start churning out content like a um, content churning machine, it's important to do some foundational brandscaping. And it feels really basic, but it's so important. I want to call it out. I don't think I've actually worked with a single client who hasn't said at some point while we've been doing this, I've already done this. Why am I doing this again? My answer to them is always that it should be really easy to move through if you've already done it. But most of the time, we ask some questions and they're hard to answer. Now, this is foundational. It's like your branding. It shouldn't change too much. But as you move through new offers and you start elevating the kind of clients that you work with, some of it will change and it does need to be revisited from time to time. That means, of course, figuring out who your best client is and what their journey looks like. But let's not forget the real reason we're here, to solve their problems in a way that's so elevated it makes them go wow, or at least raises an eyebrow. This is what sets you apart from the boy parenting coach up the road, and that's what you'll be screaming from the digital mountaintops with your killer content. So let's get started. First, we have to cover who's your who. Who are these uh, mythical creatures that will be reading your content, you might ask? You're going to need to do some good old-fashioned research to find out because you need to know your audience inside and out. And yeah, that's going to be some demographic information, but that's really not the biggest deal. Their interests, their psychological factors, their aspirational factors, those are the key. What is currently occupying their time? Because lack of time is often a buying hurdle. What is currently taking all their money up? Again, that's often a buyer hurdle. You need to know those things and clearly understand your audience 
inside and out so you can plan topics and formats that will engage them. You will not resonate without this. So you're going to put yourself in their shoes and think about what they want, what they want beneath that layer. Keep saying, so what? So what? So what? Until you get to what they really want and what they need. Same thing. They need this. Well, so what? Why? They need that. So what? Why? And then finally, what they're interested in. And if you're feeling extra brave, why not actually ask them what they want to see from you? Trust me, it is way better than just guessing and hoping for the best. No spray and pray, right? So get to know your audience, watch your engagement soar. Next is what is their unique problem or goal? And I already hinted about this when I was doing the so what test, right? What is really unique about this problem? And specifically, why are you skillfully ready to help them with that problem? Think about it. Why are people even bothering to read your content in the first place? It's because they have a problem or a question that needs solving, and they're looking to you for some much needed guidance. So if you want to keep your audience engaged and coming back for more, you got to give them what they want in high quality content. If they see you as a few steps beyond them, more than one, please, and you're talking about a solution that's just one step beyond them, they start seeing you as a part of that solution but they're only going to get that insight when you're sharing incredibly relevant content regularly. So let's get to work. Let's start solving those burning questions and those pesky problems. The third thing here I'm about to give you is a pro tip for creating content marketing that actually works. Spoiler alert, it's all about having goals. I know, one of those fun buzzwords, right? But whether you're looking to boost brand awareness, generate leads, drive more sales, your content marketing strategy has to be designed with those goals in mind. Think about it. If you don't know what you're trying to achieve, how can you possibly create content that's going to get you there? It's like trying to play darts with a blindfold on, which would be very dangerous in my world, by the way, because I'm not even that good at aim to begin with. But you got to be laser focused on this. Nurturing your audience between launches, by the way, is the bare minimum for a piece of content's goal. How are you building trust between launches? Or to put it more delicately, Are you completely ghosting your people and having to start the trust building journey over again for your next launch? Creating engaging content for your target audience is an essential part of any thoughtful content strategy. So when we're talking about foundational brandscaping, I want you to remember one big idea. No amount of marketing can fix content that doesn't build upon your foundational brandscaping. It just won't work. All right, the next piece of our triad here is that there's an intentional dissemination of information, i.e. the strategy means there's an intentional way you're going to share information in the content that you create. It's like a chef carefully portioning out ingredients to make a delicious meal. They don't use all of the ingredients at once, but they strategically spread them out as they're needed over time. You are the chef of your content. So now that you know your who and you know what's driving them, you know, that big niggly problem, How are you going to reach them with your marketing plan? Are they likely to fall down the Google search rabbit hole and read blog posts that are rich with SEO buzzwords? Or are they more likely to engage with short form video because they're video connoisseurs that live and breathe on TikTok? There's a lot of options here and your best client is going to lean more heavily to one, but your shoulder clients might like some other ones. So how are you going to distribute your information? What content formats will you focus on? We have three things to consider here. The first is what type of content, i.e. is it going to be written, audio, or video? Two is staying consistent with a system. Yes, systematizing your content creation is a must. 
And then three is which social platforms will you be using to distribute and publish and gain traffic? So whether you choose a blog, a video channel, or a podcast as your primary weekly content, those are my three recommendations, create killer content that meets your audience needs and hits your business goals. And then you got to stick with it. From there, you share it on the right social platforms that you chose for your who, you know, your best client. And you have to keep at it over time to ensure it's being seen by the right people. That's why I brought in the content system as a gentle nudge, because following a simple content system for each topic you work on ensures that you're getting the most ROI from the content you create. I don't know about you, but if I've created something really good in the past, I'd rather keep using it than have to create something really good again. The amount of time invested for repurposing content is always lower than creating new. So lean on that content gold. It is going to do some work for you. I read a crazy cool stat the other day, and it's that the human brain subconsciously processes 11 million bits of sensory information each second. 11 million per second. That's nuts. So it's one of the reasons setting up your content on the right platform where your people choose to spend time is going to increase your odds for connecting with them. If you're in the right place at the right time, you have a much better chance of knocking through those huge amounts of sensory information. Now, the big idea here, the big takeaway from this part is you're choosing how to set up your content plan based on both your audience and your needs. It has to be a match between both of you or you're not going to be able to stay with it consistently. All right. The third leg of the triangle here is choosing content topics that are impactful. I don't want to make this one like the thing that stops you from choosing content topics. I don't want this to be the thing that means that you don't show up. But don't forget the content topics that take your best clients on a magical journey are the ones that are going to stand the evergreen test of time. And that is a big deal. Gone are the days of publishing anything and everything. Content marketing has to be relevant to your best client at all of the buyer journey stages so that you can generate the leads and the sales and the engagement that you've set as goals. Strategic content is going to lead your audience member on a journey. We already talked about that because only 3% of your audience at any given time is ready to buy right now. You need a way to serve that other 97% until they are ready or until they're like, no, this is not my person. And that 97%, there's a couple segments even in that one. I'm not going to go into this in this particular episode, but if only 3% are ready, primed right now, how are you meeting the rest? It seems like a big group to just kind of ignore. To do that, we need to find ways to overcome buyer hesitancy. These are topics that are going to give your audience a new perspective or a quick win to build trust. So with that, I'm going to pose a question. You wouldn't ask someone to marry you on the first date, right? I mean, please say yes. <laughs> please say you wouldn't do that because the whole analogy breaks down if you would do that. But basically, Putting out content and expecting someone to buy right now is kind of like asking someone to marry you on the first date. You want to build trust over time. You want to build the relationship over time. Your goal is to get them thinking, oh, I hadn't thought about that yet. I first heard that statement way back in the day from an old friend, Melissa Mattern. I think she actually credited her brother-in-law with it. It's been a while, but I think that was the case. When someone asked him a question that he didn't know the answer to, he would always say, I haven't thought about that enough yet. It doesn't imply I haven't thought about it at all, just not enough, right? And I've always had that statement in the back of my head. The thing is, 
It's actually the greatest moment anyone in your audience could have in regards to considering you as a part of the solution to their big problem that we talked about earlier. When you choose your content topics thoughtfully, like a fine wine, based on how they fit together and how they hold up over time, you have a better chance of being able to evergreen them later and give your content even more power and even more ways to make an impact. There's two tests I like to put content through to make sure that they're doing this, that they're one, overcoming buyer hesitancy, two, nurturing my current audience, and being a good contender for evergreening the topic. The first one is the kindergarten test, and the second one is the what's in it for me test. So the kindergarten test is that thing that all kindergartners need to do. They need to learn how to play well with others. Your content topics need to do that too. They need to weave together like threads of a tapestry that create a a beautiful picture, right? Choosing impactful topics means acknowledging they need to play together. They need to lead one into another so that we do create that buyer's journey. The second test is the what's in it for me filter. And basically, whenever you create content, whether it's the larger topic at hand or smaller repurposed elements of that larger topic, it needs to answer this question from your audience's perspective. What's in it for me? This means it isn't a demo of your product. It's a demo of how your product solves a solution that your best client is looking for. So here's a personal example. I just went through this. Your content database doesn't organize your content. It saves you time because you can find the infographic showing the two content tests in 30 seconds rather than spending 30 minutes recreating it, right? That's the thing that solves the solution. What's in it for me? Any piece of content needs to answer that question, not for a, hey, to buy this product, but this product will do this thing for me. Put every piece of content through that question. What job does this do for my people? By doing this, you'll ensure your message reaches the right people in the right way. And that leads to the big idea of this. Impactful topics build upon each other and bring warm leads through a trust building journey. So we've talked a lot about a content strategy and I have a free template available for you over in my show notes. You can get there at brittanygardner.com forward slash 231. I want to call something out here. Most content strategy templates I've seen online are incredibly complicated And that complexity is scary. All I want to see on a content strategy template is what do your people engage with? What is the goal of this piece? Which content pillar or content bucket does it fall into? And what other pieces of content will this link to? The answers for why I want to see those four things are kind of scattered throughout this whole episode, but that is what I have on the template. Is it complicated? It is not. And that's why it's free. Just go throw your email in and download it. It's nice and simple. I put it together to decrease any barriers to you executing a really good strategic content plan. That said, I have four questions I get asked quite often, and I included to answers for each of these in my notes. So I'm going to try and breeze through them as quickly as I can. The full answers are going to be written in the show notes. So again, I already gave you the link, pop over to those and grab the full answers if you wanted a little more elaboration on each of these. Uh, The first is, what should my content marketing strategy include? And I I alluded a little bit to that with the content strategy template that I gave as a free download. If you want to make it in this content game, you've got to do more than just attract and engage your best client. You have to keep them coming back for more. And that means paying attention to things like SEO to boost your traffic. It means creating top-notch quality content that really hits home with your best client. Because remember, 3% is ready to buy right now. We've got to nurture the other 97. 
How often should you update your content marketing strategy? That's the next question. Uh, I'm going to say review them periodically. You know, a content plan or a content calendar can help manage the distribution of your content. But if you really want to know if your content strategy is a winner or a snoozer, you want to keep tabs on your content measurement dashboard like it's your ex's Instagram account. Monthly check-ins are going to give you the lowdown on really important metrics, things like website visits, time on the website versus bouncing right away, how many people are sharing your content on social media, your email open and click rates. You're going to know right away if your current strategies are working or not. You may find, especially for some topics, that you need to improve your content. Maybe some of them will be more of, you know, a work in progress, shall we say. And that leads us into our next question. Why is strategic content planning so important? Well, with anything, a golf swing, a dartboard, sharpshooting, they're always going to tell you to look where you want to end up. Aim your body in the direction you're swinging, right? It's the same in the world of how to plan a content strategy. If you want to make sure your content is getting in front of the right people, you've got to plan it out right. Content works when you work it. All right. Okay, here we are. Last question. How will you determine how to publish and promote each piece of content? When it comes to publishing and promoting content, I follow these four steps. One, analyze your content dashboard so you can see what's working on your website or your blog or your socials. Two, identify which pieces of content are going to be best suited for your who and then which marketing channels are going to be the best for that piece of content. What's going to showcase it well? Three, what is that piece's goal? The goal of each piece of content must be aligned with how your best client uses each channel or marketing platform. If they don't like watching Instagram with the sound on, you're going to want to make sure your content doesn't need sound to get the full effect, for example. And then four, find a balance between quantity and quality. It matters. It matters for your consistency and it matters for audience fatigue as well. All right. So in conclusion, listen up, folks. Creating a killer content strategy isn't a one and done deal. It takes constant research. Yes, it's an overarching high-level theme, but you cannot forget to revisit. It's the roadmap for your content journey. And having that roadmap in place is going to make your life a whole lot easier. All right, two things before we close. If you need help with any of this, strategic content planning is my primary skill set. It's like where I shine. It's what I love to do. It's one of my favorite things. And I have both done with you and done for you options for that. Feel free to message me on either. I also have a DIY option. The Content Lab course is available anytime if you want to DIY this. And hey, if you're still hungry for more knowledge on content strategy, I don't know if you've listened to the most recent podcast besides this one all about showing up. It is the other arm. There are three arms to the personality-driven marketing machine, which by the way, is the best way to get rid of shiny happy tactics for good. It is the best way to get rid of all the shiny happy tactics. So if you want more information on the personality-driven marketing machine, showing up is one part, strategic content is another part, and then I haven't covered it yet, but really honing it all in and evergreening your content is the third part. And we'll get to that one soon. See you then. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. 
Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.